Everybody and welcome to Socks on Tap. I am Johnny Nani, joined tonight by Tony Marchese. Uh, we are live together in Tony Marchese's garage, uh, doing a little 108 crack them tonight. Uh, we needed it. It was an 11-5 loss to the Braves. Uh, it, it was it was a tough one, Tone. Uh, that, that's the bare minimum of what I can say to intro it. Uh, how are you feeling about it? Ugh, the beers are going down smooth, but man. These White Sox games are not, thank goodness, for the Charlotte Knights tonight. Uh, it's kind of saving the night for us. But 11-5, to 5, this was kind of a deja vu of yesterday night. And, mm-hmm. you know, the Sox kind of tried to come back after a really rough first inning from Reynaldo Lopez. Um, I tweeted out earlier, Imodium does not stop runs from crossing the plate. <laughs> yeah, uh, Modium being Tony Marchese's pick to click last night uh, obviously did not come through because, as he had mentioned, does not stop them from crossing the plate. So um, one thing when Tony said, you know, you're trying to crawl back. Well, when I look at this game, though, and I'm looking at the box score, uh, White Sox got on the board first. So I was a little encouraged uh, looking at this. You know, uh, Larry Garcia gets on your leadoff man off of a decent pitcher like Dallas Keuchel. And then um, he ends up scoring in that first inning. I believe that was Yohan Moncada. Yeah, Yohan Moncada single from the right side that brought him in. So um, I was feeling good right away. But then uh, it gets to the Braves half of the first, and uh, they were relentless, Tone. Yeah, I mean, you, you got here, what? midway through the first and you told me you were going to get here about seven o'clock and that first inning took almost an entire hour um i I think it actually did take an entire hour uh you had just got here right after that little line drive that went right over yelmer sanchez's head uh right before that a ball off the base and third some crap luck yeah for some really crap luck for yohan moncada tried to barehand it make a make a good play over to first couldn't get out of there. Man, just not what you wanted to see out of Reynaldo Lopez at all. A guy who's had a really good second half and then just today ran into an offense that I am so jealous watching play baseball. Oh, I am too. I mean, you just look up and down this lineup. Uh, Ozzie Albies, Danzy Swanson. That's all it took for the Braves to get their first run tonight, Tony. Um, that's, you know, it was an Albies. Uh, uh, what did he lead off with a double or no single and then LB's doubled him in 
or excuse me, Albies led off with a single, and then Swanson doubled him in. Uh, and that's all it took for them to even that up. And then uh, they, they just shot out of a cannon right after that. Uh, you had mentioned being jealous about this lineup. You just look up and down it, like I was just uh, hinting at here. Albies, Swanson, Freeman, uh, Donaldson, Joyce, uh, Flowers, Ortega. They can all do it to you. Um, hell, even Billy Hamilton got a double tonight. Uh, definitely not something to be proud of on the White Sox side of things. No, not at all. And for Reynaldo Lopez, you know, Coming off of a game where he was working on a no-hitter and, as Buzz likes to say, um, had a little case of the Duke nukes, um, <laughs> you gotta be, you got to be really disappointed in yourself tonight coming out of this game in the first inning. I can't remember the last time that Reynaldo was pulled in the first. Heck, I can't even really remember the last time the Sox had a guy pulled in the first. I'm sure it's happened before this season. But, man, just not good. Um, the last one I can remember is Dylan Covey uh, in that A series when we were at uh, Shy Sox Jonda's house. Tone, yeah, that yeah, was Ross not... Detweiler coming in right after that. I yeah. believe he only got through two thirds as well, like Reynaldo Lopez did tonight. Yeah, not great, Bob. Um, I think would be a good way to put that. Um, Jimmy Cordero came in though, and uh, he did okay. I guess uh, gave up two hits, one run, um, walked a batter, but struck out three. And, you know, we talked about this a little bit last night. Bullpen A squad went yesterday. We kind of saw everything out of bullpen B squad tonight. Um, Not that Cordero's a a B guy, Johnny, but the game was already out of hand. And then (laughs) we saw what we saw last night. And when I say deja vu, I mean, it's almost not Ricky's boys don't quit bullshit, but it was... It was Ricky's boys were trying to come back and get within a few runs, and then the game gets out of hand again. And we saw this with Ross Detweiler on the mound, and I think our, uh, I don't know what you want to call it, streak of being together when Ross Detweiler's in a game has now come to an end. So that's not good. No, uh, not good news. I think that was the only thing uh, going for him, it seems like, uh, at this time. I know he had a uh, decent outing in that series opener against Texas, I believe it was, uh, to open that uh, homestand back on the south side last time we were there. Uh, But I agree with you. I think that luck has come to an end. I mean, he's only one-third of an inning pitched. One hit allowed, but uh, three runs, all of them earned. Two walks as well in that. ERA's ballooned up to 6.45, so... Um, definitely, uh, the Ross Detweiler experiment is, uh, running its course here. Um, I think that's fair to say, uh, you, you talk about them getting back into it though. Um, the, you know, the, the White Sox kind of, you know, they're playing a little bit, uh, of catch up mode. They, they brought this thing within two runs, I believe. Yeah. yeah. It, it ended up being five to seven at one point, uh, in the top of the seventh inning after that. And the Braves come out in the seventh and put three more up and put it out of reach again. So it, it is kind of like uh, climbing the, uh, I'm going to go a Trailer Park Boys reference, climbing the shit rope. Uh, the tighter you, squ- you squeeze onto it, the slipperier, slipperier the shit gets, and you slide down faster. Um, that's kind of what happened. You know, it kind of reminded me of those commercials back in, I, th- I think it was like the late 90s, like Michael Jordan, anything you can do, I can do better. Mm-hmm. Um, that's what it seems like when we play the Braves. You know, you come put up a three spot, they're going to match you. you. You put up one run to start the game, they're going to go put up six runs. And, you know, talk about being jealous of this lineup. It, it's just flush with young talent. And... You know, you want to talk about the White Sox young talent. 
we've get we've been on this all year. Why can't we be like this? Yeah, it's something that I have harped on, and I don't have an answer for it. I think part of it lies in player development. I think that's kind of been my theory uh, going all along. Um, whatever it is, it takes them longer to adjust. Even the the thing is, we've had top guys, top guys like Yohan Moncada, a Eloy Jimenez, um, you know, Lucas Giolito at one point, a very highly touted pitching prospect. I, I know he had slipped a little bit but uh, before coming over to the White Sox, but uh, you have those types of guys, and they are not here and competing on the same level that an Ozzy Albies or a Ronald Acuna are. And that is just disappointing to me because you look around the league, and there's plenty of other guys doing it. Fernando Tatis, uh, first year in the league, absolutely tearing it up before he gets injured for the Padres. Uh, and I, I hate to, you know, people are going to say, oh, why you just, you know, why don't we just focus on the White Sox? Well, who are we going to be competing against? Who are going to be the other young, talented teams? in the league that we're going to have to go up against. And the Braves are kind of the model of that tone. Yeah. Um, not only that, you've got a team in your division in the Minnesota Twins. You've got the Houston Astros who don't look like they're going anywhere. New York is also a, a powerhouse, so to speak. Um, you you got plenty of these teams. And Steve Stone even said it on the broadcast. It kind of pissed me off a little bit when Stoney talked about how this young Braves team is one of the, the you know, an up-and-coming team. And, you know, they're not going anywhere. Well, at the same point in time, you talk about how it takes five years to build a house. It seems like it's only taken them three. So what are the shortcuts? How come we can't have those shortcuts? And, uh, you know, maybe we need better carpenters on the job. I wish I had uh, the answers for that, Tony. Um, I'll go with my theory again. I think player development plays a big part in that. Um, it's no coincidence that you know you would think that one of these top, that's what I'm kind of getting at. And I know we still have another chance with the Luis Robert type, but unfortunately, just because of the past performance of these other guys, I mean, Yohan Makata, number one overall, not just number one in the White Sox farm system, overall yes. in baseball, comes up, you know, takes that long. And I understand he is tearing it up now. Um, but is that going to happen with the Luis Robert? Probably, unfortunately. And this could be a time where he gets getting his lumps uh, in the major league level, but unfortunately he is with the Charlotte Knights. But, hey, the Knights won the night. So. Yeah, the Knights did win the night. That, like I said earlier, that uh, kind of saved the night. We had, we had some fun here in, uh, in the garage tonight watching, uh, watching the Knights and watching the Sox at the same time. Um, but, you know, Johnny, it's, just, it's disappointing. You kind of bring it up there with uh, Moncada being a number one overall. You know that that was in a that was in a top prospect list with guys like Albies and Acuna at one point in time. Mm-hmm. Um, you would have liked to see you know him kind of just come out the gate and smash last year. Obviously, that didn't happen. We're not saying that we're disappointed with Moncada's production this year because he looks like an absolute superstar. Um, I think where it comes into a problem is is when we're talking about next year and the year that we we were expecting to all compete. We still have a few guys down there in the minor leagues that are going to have to come up here and, and play like, you know, their first season and, and get yeah. through that first season. And if, if the lumps need to be taken, you just said it perfectly right there. Unfortunately, they're still down in Charlotte. Um, you know, you've got Nick Magical down there as well. Um, I'm sure we're going to see the same t- type of thing come through with Andrew Fawn. Um, but, you know, I digress. Um, we're talking about this ball game here. 
Um, one of the positives I do want to bring up, though, was Tim Anderson, another multi-hit game to uh, close out the month of August. Did they say he had 43 hits in the month of August, Tony? I think it was 44. 43-44. Wow. Yeah, uh, impressive stuff from Tim Anderson. He, he had a stretch of multi-hit games as well, like you had mentioned. Another multi-hit game tonight, so that is excellent to see. Um, you know, e- even though people can harp on the glove, and I've been one to do that too, because you do want to see him make the routine plays. Uh, you just expect your short step too, I think. Uh, most important position on the diamond. Uh, it's kind of the way that you expect it. But uh, luckily, I mean, the batting average is unreal, 326. Uh, the, a torrid month of August here after struggling a bit in July. Uh, w- when he returned immediately from that injured list, uh, finally found his groove, and uh, is definitely seeing the ball at the plate. Uh, no question about that. Uh, two eight game tonight. Um, unfortunately, they left four on base, but uh, I can look up and down this lineup, and there's multiple people who left runners on base, so uh, we can't pin it all on you know a Tim Anderson not coming through in the clutch just because he is one of your highest average hitters. He is your highest average hitter. Excuse me. <laughs> yeah, no, and and a few multi hit games here. Eloy quietly with a uh, what looks to be a three hit night here tonight. Um, you like to see that. Uh, also drove in a run. Uh, you got a decent amount of production through the uh, four through seven guys here. Um, all of them have an RBI, uh, including Yolmer Sanchez there. Um, not the guy that you really have come to expect to produce. Um, normally not sitting in the seventh spot, uh, but with the uh, the NL-style lineup here, um, he, he gets bumped up a little bit. Um you know, no, nothing bad here. You you score five runs in a ball game, Johnny. You're supposed to win. I think that that's uh, you know, that's that's a decent amount of runs to put up. Um, and the Sox five for seventeen with runners in scoring position. Um, that's not a bad night again for the White Sox as far as being somewhat opportunistic. Uh, although there were quite a few plays during this ball game where you would have liked to seen the Sox just kind of continue to pour it on. Yeah. Um, pour it on. I think that's the biggest thing. And you're talking about these teams that just have a machine of a lineup. That's what I'm going to start calling these ones, Tone. Uh, the Braves are a machine offensively. And I want to get to the point where the White Sox are a machine offensively. And it's not going to happen when you have these fill-in guys, Wellington Castillo, Yomer Sanchez, Adam Angle, sitting in this lineup. Uh, I, I mean, one through five uh, look good in this one, but you'd like to see that supplemented with Luis Robert, <laughs> Nick Madrigal, what have you, free Andrew, Andrew Vaughn, free agent signing, yeah, insert X name here, uh, trade acquisition, whatever it may be. Um, I'd like to get to that point, but it, I think it just, you know, goes to the style of game that's being played. Obviously, huge, huge uh, uh, emphasis on home runs, launch angle, um, hitting for power, slugging, all of that good stuff. Uh, we need to do that more across the board as a team, and we just need to get on base more, uh, Tony. Another night where the White Sox don't even take a walk, not one. Jose Abreu was hit by pitch twice um, by Dallas Keuchel, but, you know, the the Braves in a game tonight, they take seven walks. So it's not just that they are hitting and hitting opportunistically. They have guys on base that can be driven in then. Well, at that rate, you, you have to be able to go deep into counts, and you have to be able to kind of watch what's going on in this game and realize you know, Dallas Keuchel was up to 100 pitches, what, in like the, how, how, how far did he go? He, he went six, uh, six yeah. innings and no walks at all there. So you're working some counts, but then you're swinging at pitches, um, you know, with, with three balls, you know, full counts, all that type of stuff. And, and I'm all for putting the ball in play and, and hoping for the best result. But 
you know, no walks in an entire ball game, that's not going to get the job done. You have to you have to take what you're given at some point in time. Uh, you know, there's a lot of guys in this lineup who are very aggressive. Tim Anderson being number one, Larry Garcia is another guy um, who just doesn't walk. And you know, the sad part is, I think for me, is Jose Abreu and Yohan Moncada and even Eloy Jimenez should be drawing at least a, a close to a walk a game rate, in my opinion. Especially yeah. with this lineup, you got to be afraid to pitch to some of these guys. Nobody has been. No, it just seems like that's not something that that pitchers are afraid to do to pitch to any of these guys, and. I don't know if that comes with a, a free agent acquisition to stack in the middle of these guys to just make it a little bit dip more difficult on the opponent. Yeah, protect them to, a little bit. Yeah, protect them a little bit more. But, you know, it, it, at this rate, when you're looking at the lineup, you know, if you get through Tim Anderson, who you know is going to be swinging at everything, Abreu, Moncada, Jimenez, and then you go to Wellington, Castillo, Yomer Sanchez, Adam Engel, nobody's going to be scared of that back half. Nobody, nobody's gonna, nobody's gonna fear pitching to these guys because you know that they're only gonna end up with maybe one or two runs at most, mm-hmm. and then you're not gonna put yourself in a position to have a big inning and put up one of those crooked numbers on the board because you can pitch to those guys, and more likely than not, you're gonna get them out. So, you know, we talk about having a machine of a lineup. You need to have a machine of a lineup in order to, you know, protect your big big hitters and give them something to hit or just get them on base. I mean, getting on base by any means possible, cool and tough, in my opinion. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I mean, it just increases your percentage of scoring, adding win probability, all that good stuff that the numbers folks uh, like to, you know, really highlight all the time. Uh, I mean, I'm about it. And it's just the recipe for winning in today's game of baseball. Um, It is evolving and we can't be stuck in an old school mindset of even pre-Moneyball. That's honestly what it feels like sometimes. Um, well, and and we talked about it a little bit yesterday on episode 100 with, uh, you know, the White Sox getting rid of a guy in Matt Lyle, a guy who subscribes to some of these theories. And it's a little bit concerning to me to see him leaving the organization after not even a full year. Um, you know, it just seemed like one step forward, two steps back. Yeah, um, that's unfortunate. I, I wish I had his official title pulled up, but it had to do with, you know, um, analytics with a specialization in player development. Uh, that is where Matt Lyle's focus lied while he was on the south side. Um, unfortunately, yeah, let go by the White Sox, fired, uh, moving on, quit, whatever it is. We don't know for yeah, sure. Know it's story. just a, uh, you know, drawn out there. I think he just put a tweet out that said, thank you for my time in the organization. So that's literally the only um, basis that we have to go off of that. But either way, his approach is what we need going forward, especially with the young core. Um, and you just got rid of one of those guys. It just seems ass backwards to me. Yeah, I, I didn't really like to see that. I'm not quite sure, like we said, what happened there. But uh, regardless, you know, the Sox need to be taking that kind of approach if they want to play competitive baseball in today's game and seeing that happen it just you know you say ass backwards it is because you know what's your next step here you know who who else are you bringing in that that's better at this i you know you 
would you eliminate a position and then just say it's not needed? You know, is is there some sort of backup plan here? You know, who else are you going out and getting? And you know, from what I've seen and heard and read about a guy like Matt Lyle, is he was he was one of the guys at the forefront of this. Mm-hmm. And you know, it's just it's really interesting to see that type of move made here. I I don't really understand it. Yeah, it's unfortunate, and you know, it's also unfortunate is that a White Sox game like this uh, forces us to go down these rabbit holes and discuss topics like these. Uh, they are important topics that need to be addressed. Um, obviously, we wish we could be talking about a win, um, what went right, that kind of stuff, but, um, you know, it, things have been bleak lately. Uh, swept against the Twins at home, and then losing the first two, and I'd say this one in embarrassing fashion, even with that little seventh inning pseudo rally uh i'm not even gonna honor the phrase ricky's boys don't quit anymore it was a pseudo rally tone um pulled it within two and then it just gets out of hand right after that i mean i know that has to do with the bullpen but um i'd like to be able to at some point just with the way that the game is progressing be able to outslug a team let's win a barn burner I, i i don't know if we've seen it all year where the white Sox are minus a very very few games i could probably count them on one hand like well, the, i can think the, of a detroit the, tigers game the extra innings game that yeah. went on forever yeah you but know, you saw them come back and slug their way into that but you know it, it's you i want to beat teams in games like this where the opponent's putting up five six seven runs and we're putting up 13 yeah you know you we want to be the braves that. part in this yes and the other team being the white Sox. we, we exactly. want the, we want the script flipped essentially is what it is um, and we've got a long way to go to get there, but hey, at least Luis Robert and Nick Madrigal are, uh, you know, getting that valuable, valuable time in Charlotte. So th- that's all that really matters at the end of the day. Absolutely, Johnny. We all we all know that. We all listen to Char Nights Weekly. We know what it's all about. Um, Johnny, we've got one more to play in Atlanta. Um, I'm almost ready for it to be over. As as cool as it is to see the sacks down there. Uh, beautiful stadium. We don't get to see the Braves very often, but I'm already done seeing the Braves because we know what's going to happen. Um, you know, we talk about aces all the time and what what uh, what we've got coming up here tomorrow, and that's Lucas Giolito, our ace, the guy that we would expect to stop this kind of bleeding. Uh, we don't want to go for back-to-back sweeps. Um, that just would not be cool and tough. That would be the definition of uh, lame and weak. Um, so let's not get swept again. Uh, Lucas Giolito, the perfect guy to do that for us. 14-7, and seven, coming in with a 3.20 ERA, 203 strikeouts on the year. He's going up against Julio Tahirin, uh, 8-8, eight eight, 3.39 ERA, 141 strikeouts. Crafty veteran out of Atlanta. Uh, it seems like he's been there forever. And, uh, you know, this is the type of guy that is prone to getting beat up, but also if he's on... He's going to shut you down. So depending on what kind of version we get out of Julio tomorrow for Atlanta, could really depict the way this game is going to go for the White Sox. Lucas Giolito is going to need to be spot on. We talked a little bit about playing flawless baseball about a week ago and, and how to beat the Twins. This is almost the exact same thing. We've seen it now for two games. The Sox are going to need to play clean, crisp baseball make no errors, and be able to get runs on the board at will. And they haven't seemed to be able to do that yet. Now, they've played from behind most of the series. I think almost all of the series, with the the exception of the first inning of today. 
I'd like the Sox to come out and jump on this guy. I don't want one run. I want crooked numbers yes. on the board early in this game. Uh, any thoughts going into this one from you? Um, yeah, I mean, Lucas Giolito is the guy that you want to go to here. Uh, the, the, he is just, uh, Ben, he's your ace. There's no question about that at all. I know earlier in the season it was kind of more of a, uh, oh, this guy still is, you know, terrible last year so we still need to see this more consistently well he's done it consistently i think it's fair to call him the ace carlos rodon is never healthy you wanted him to be your ace and i think we called him that a little prematurely because we want we just wanted someone in that role well uh thank god for lucas giolito finally filling that um i think that is huge for the white Sox, and this is the kind of stopper that you need and uh usually i would probably go negative nani here but uh, I'm actually, if we're going to go into a prediction for this, I actually think the White Sox are going to pull out a win here uh, tomorrow, and it is going to be highly driven by Lucas Giolito. Very similar performance to what went on uh, in that complete game shutout at uh, Minnesota to close out that series on the road up there. Um, I just ha- have this feeling in my gut, Tone. That's literally all I'm going off of that, and obviously Lucas Giolito being uh, an elite-level pitcher for the White Sox, best White Sox pitcher uh, this season's by far. Uh, that also plays into it. But um, I do think that, you know, a uh, ball could fly a little bit in that park. And uh, maybe the it's just a kick in the ass. A loss like this tonight, uh, you see the, the, these guys see uh, the final score. Uh, they get questions about it from the media post game. Yep. What went wrong here? What went wrong there? They're sick of hearing that. Um, I think it's going to be a little bit of a mentality thing, and uh, it'll be a little chip on the shoulder. I mean, definitely should be. I think it will, though, and I think there will be a little attitude. And, uh, you know, Keuchel, I think, is more of a little bit more intimidating than a guy uh, like Teheran. So, um, and even, who's that, Freed on Friday night yeah. that we saw? Yep. So when you look at the Braves uh, pitching situation here, too, probably your most touchable uh, opposing pitcher. Well, one of the things about Deheron coming into this, he hasn't allowed a run over his last 13 innings, so he is hot right now. Um, it's, uh, oh man, 2.55 ERA over his past 11 starts. Um, you talk about a guy that can get touched up. He is prone prone to the blowout game. I know this very well firsthand from having him on a fantasy roster in multiple years. Um you know, just he—he's the type of guy that can get really streaky. Right now, coming into this ball game, on the hot streak. But we just talked about it before we were uh, coming on air. Baseball's a lot of what have you done for me lately? And let's let's end that hot streak. Let's leave Atlanta with them saying, "Hey, Julio, what have you done for me lately?" That, I think that's that's a good good sense to go into this ball game with. You know it. You're going to see McCann back in the lineup tomorrow. Absolutely. Uh, that's number one. I don't want to see Wellington Castillo back in there. Um, I, I know he's hit the ball somewhat down here in, in Atlanta. But, um, you know, getting McCann back in there. Um, the big question mark in this ball game is going to be whether or not Jose Abreu is going to play. You know, he took those two off the arm today. Um, probably a little bit banged up. But, um, you know, I, I, I just – Matt Skull – playing first base is not going to give me the same type of confidence coming in this game as, as Jose Abreu coming out there. 
No, <laughs> not at all. I think Jose will be fine. Um, he, he shrugged those off, you know, sprinted down to first base after the first beaning. Uh, kind of took a little bit more time after the second one. But um, he, he's a tough guy. And if there's anyone that really wants to will himself to it, um, he wants proof that, you know, he's their guy going forward. There's still not a contract on the table. I know Jerry has made the promise, uh, whatever, to him, uh, whatever. That is all just, you know, stuff that's been fed to the media. Um no one really outside of those two could probably confirm it for you. Um, yep. So it, this guy is still playing for for a lot. And he was the one that said uh, that quote after the Minnesota series, you know, the 2020 season starts September 1st. Well, what is tomorrow, Tone? September 1st. Now, um, do you expect to see any call-ups coming up here? Probably not tomorrow, but for the Monday game against Cleveland. No. And why is that? They said they were going to wait until the Charlotte Knights season plays out. And the Charlotte Knights have a four-game series that ran Friday, and it goes through Monday. So, no, not Monday. Maybe sometime during that Cleveland series if Charlotte does not make those playoffs. So, if they do, probably extend it even further into that uh, probably full length of the uh, Indian series at the least. And then back home against the Angels. Uh yeah, that would probably maybe be the earliest that you'd see. Uh, maybe a Yerman Mercedes. Uh, maybe Zach Collins. Probably Zach Collins yeah, if you're I, talking I about a realistic Collins, one. Yeah. But, I mean, you know, with it, with it expanding and there being not as much of a limit in the last year that they do have these expanded rosters. Yeah, you've got to um, do something. you, you got to at least see, you know, that guy's been hitting the crap out of the ball uh, talking about Yerman Mercedes. And I'll give credit to Zach Collins. Since he's been sent back down, man, that guy's been tearing up. Uh, you know, the International League down there uh, since he's been back down. So definitely very worthy there. Uh, when there is a time for them, uh, yeah, I'd probably suspect those two and then, you know, some other uh, position players, maybe a Danny Mendick. Uh, they're probably going to, you know, sit on Nick Madrigal and Luis Robert, though, if they're going to play the service time game, which we know they will. Um, but you had asked me about September 1st specifically, or excuse me, uh, the first uh, game of that Indian series. Probably not, because that's still good. That's the Monday game, uh, Labor Day. That's <laughs> that's still Charlotte Knight season, regular season, not even playoffs yet. Yep. So um, one of the things that was interesting to me was Steve Stone talking about how we're going to get some pitching help um, through the September call-ups, and it's a good thing because the bullpen's looking a little taxed right now. Um, oh, and Charlotte's just, so yeah. flush with guys that have just great ERAs. So, I know? mean, you'll probably see our guy, Odris Merdespanye, back up here in a White Sox uniform. I'm sure Manny Banuelos will also be back um, at some point. Uh, guys like Carson Fulmer, um, potentially a Dylan Covey, some Kyle of that. Kubat. Yeah, well, you know, I, I'm just going to go with more of the same. You know, we talk about the, the White Sox reliever recycling program. Well, when there's no more time to recycle – you better just bring them up because you know they're trash anyway. Yep. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. Uh, it's, you know, late stage in that uh, waste management program. <laughs> so, uh, unfortunately, that's where we're at. Uh, and, you know, I wouldn't expect anything really flashy, minus Zach Collins uh, called up. But, you know, you've already got a crowd that is anti-Zach Collins because of his, you know, uh, shortcomings in his couple of stints up here with the big league club earlier this season. And, uh you know, it's unfortunate, but um, 
it was time for him to take some lumps, and he did, and it looks like he's figured some things back out at Charlotte. I know there's the juice ball thing, Charlotte being a launching pad itself. Uh, there's a lot of factors that you could point to either way, but uh, either way, if he wasn't doing that, then you'd be like, why isn't he on this trajectory if he's this good, uh, you know, whatever, a 7th, 8th overall draft pick, whatever he was uh, for the White Sox a few years back. So, um I, I I would be excited to see Zach Collins, but unfortunately it probably won't be until after the Knights are done, whenever that is, regular season, playoffs, what have you. Yeah, I'm excited to see what Zach Collins brings to the table when he gets back up here. Uh, seems like a very determined kid. Uh, I've liked what I've seen. Adjustments were obviously made, like you had stated. Um, so it'll, it'll be interesting to see what he can bring to the table um, when he gets back up here. It's going to be also interesting to see how they kind of work time if they bring up Sebi Zavala, Yerman Mercedes, and Zach Collins, because I think all three of those guys can be brought up. Um, all of them deserve uh, an extended well, stay on the major league roster at some point. One thing that I was just going to say about Yerman Mercedes, we've been talking about, and we've hit on this a couple of times on a few different shows, uh, probably on Shy Sox Weekly, excuse me, Shar Knights Weekly, and I. Uh, also on a couple of episodes of Socks on Tap. Yerman Mercedes would be your perfect guy to plug into the DH role. When you're talking about a DH position for the White Sox for however, you know, two weeks ago when MLB Random Stats posted that uh, the Mets pitcher's spot yep. has been hitting better than the White Sox combined DH spot uh, over the course of the season. Um, he'd, I think he would be the perfect guy to at least slot in there for September when these games for the White Sox don't matter and you are just trying to see what these guys can do. Um He's a big dude. He can put a lot into a swing, and he can hit the ball out of guaranteed rate field. I don't think the juice ball, the uh, Charlotte launching pad, is too much of a, uh, you know, it, it contributes a little bit, but I think he still is going to hit home runs wherever he is as soon as he gets a hold of one. Yeah, I mean, I'd like to just see anything in the DH spot that's not Wellington, Castillo, Matt Skull. Or, you know, Jose Abreu on an off day. Um, you know, I know they've used Eloy there in uh, in days that uh, he was kind of still getting back from the injury. But, man, that DH spot has just been such a wasteland. You know, I, I don't want to beat a dead horse here. But, yeah, I, I completely agree with you. I think Zach Collins should get some time in that DH role as well. Um, I don't care if it's lefty, righty. You know, Johnny, we talk about it a lot, but I think the – the real thing we got to just know is that this September, Jose Abreu kind of said it pretty well. The season starts, the 2020 season starts in September. Let's see these guys. Let's get them acclimated. Let's see what we have because do you really want to be playing this game of what do we have in April, May, June, or would you rather be trying to compete? I, I know that Sox fans – are impatient. I'm impatient. I know you're impatient. I know a lot of people we talk to are impatient. Um, it just seems like somewhat of a built-in excuse for next year to, to say, um, you know, we're still trying to figure out what we have in some of these guys. This is the perfect opportunity to do it. it needs to get done. Yeah. <laughs> Amen, Tony. Uh, I am totally with you, and uh, I'll be the first one to say, yes, I am impatient. I'd put out that take, and I fully stand by it. The White Sox should absolutely 100% start rushing their prospects as soon as possible. I'm sorry. You are trying to fit a window 
of uh, you know competitiveness. Guys' contracts are going to be expiring sooner than you think. Tim Anderson. Tim Anderson, uh, Johan Mankata, a uh, couple names, examples there. Um, <laughs> it's just time, and time can start right now. It can start on September 1st, Yep. and it should start on September 1st. But, um, you know, we, we couldn't do that, though. We, we, we don't want to leave the nights hanging dry, so... Yeah, um, with that said, Johnny, I think we touched on a lot of good points here. Um, let's get into some picks to click tomorrow. Why don't you let our listeners know who our picks to click are brought to you by. Socks on Tap picks to click are brought to you by SecondCityPicks.com. Second City Picks, follow them on Twitter at SecondCityPicks. And you go to SecondCityPicks.com, they will post a game. Uh, whether it's Cubs, Sox, whatever it is, uh, you go and make a selection for uh, whatever sort of category that they have there. Could be prediction of the final score, could be prediction of the combined runs, could be just pre- uh, prediction of one team's runs. Uh, but you enter that, there's usually a tiebreaker, uh, probably number of hits for the White Sox or the Cubs, whoever it is that given day. And uh, if you get it right, you win a free gift card to a Chicagoland food establishment. Uh, it's really simple. Like I said, just go to secondcitypicks.com, enter that information there, your email. They'll send you a receipt so you know what your picks are if, in case you forgot them. And then when you win, they send you an email with that gift card. Really simple tone, secondcitypicks.com, at secondcitypicks on Twitter. Sounds good. I've got one special request for Second City Picks, and that's Beggar's Pizza. We had some we had some delicious Beggar's Pizza here in the garage tonight. Um Man, I want some beggar's pizza. So if you're listening, give me a beggar's gift card. I'll, I'll pick the right thing just for that. And I know Buzz will uh, Buzz will also be trying to beat me in that competition right there. Uh, I'll, I'll be vying for it, too. We're, we're begging for beggars over here at Socks on Tap. Good stuff, good stuff. All right, so, Johnny, who you got tomorrow? I am going to roll with Eloy Jimenez, uh, Bomb City. Bombs away. Uh, I had said I had a feeling that the White Sox are going to get a win, and I think uh, young talent. Um, you know, we talked a lot about. We've talked a lot more about Albies and Acuna than we have about Yoel Moncada and Eloy Jimenez uh, in the series so far. Time to flip the script. Uh, I would like both of those guys, but I'm going to go with Eloy. I feel a bomb. I'm probably going to be wearing the Eloy with the uh, OK sign shirt tomorrow. Presented by OnTapSportsNet.com. Go to on tap sports the uh, big cartel that was it <laughs> yeah you you could just get there by going to the ontapsportsnet.com and hitting the shop button that's yeah. that's, that, the that's the easiest way to get to it but words it, are hard it, at this hour it, it is a uh, very nice shirt and that i've worn it to the ballpark before when i was asking for eloy doubles i got eloy doubles because of that and then i also wore it when eloy hit his first home bomb so it's good karma yeah so if you want eloy to do well go buy a shirt that's number one um, number two, I've got to go with Yohan Moncada now because you kind of spoke that into existence. Uh, the young talent, we want to see those guys uh, producing. I, I want to see another nice little bat drop out of Yohan Moncada. Um, you know, I'm kind of sick and tired of seeing fireworks going off for other teams. I'll, I'll light off my own fireworks tomorrow when uh, when Yohan Moncada goes yard because uh, I love fireworks. <laughs> oh, yeah, that would be great. Uh, a little, uh, you know. Rile the neighborhood up. Very, very late, 4th of July. Uh, you know, what's left over, shoot them off for Labor Day. Might as well. Yeah, you got to do it. It's it's fall time. Um, man, we only got uh, about a month left of these shows. Johnny, um, thanks for stopping by tonight. Always a good time when we get together, do these, these live uh, together, get to watch the ball game. But uh, 
That's all I've got for tonight. Um, anything else from you before we close it down? Just please get a win, White Sox. Um, as much as we've been satirical this week, uh, if you've listened to Char Nights Weekly, um, stuff like that, hitting on some of the comments from the broadcast from the front office. Um, man, it, it, you know, I think our guest, one of our guests, Unprotected Sox, has said it best. You know, winning can just cure everything. And I will just feel so, so much better if the White Sox get a win tomorrow. Um, Lucas Giolito on the mound. Let's get the job done. Uh, let's have that young talent shine and uh, show the Acuna and Albies of the world that uh, we have, you know, some in the tank as well. I think that uh, th- that's just my final, I think, uh, kind of plea, and more so than just a final statement, more of a plea. Please win, White Sox. Yeah, I'll, I'll second that right there. Uh, but uh, I'll close it out as we have been. White Sox forever. White Sox forever.